Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom, and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. Thank you, Daryl. Good morning, church. Y'all are a good-looking bunch. It's good to see y'all. I want to address you as good morning, strong and courageous people. Good morning, overcomers. Good morning, more than conquerors. Good morning, strong and courageous. Good morning, bold ones. Good morning, beloved of God. Good morning, saints. This morning, I really believe God wants to call us up with new vision, with a new focus. And uh, for me to get through this message, I got to get focused because I'm kind of hyper. I like to walk around. This is this little thing here is going to probably be shaking. But uh, it's really, really good to have you. And, uh, Jacob and Katie, it's really good having you guys back with us. Yeah, missed you guys. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to pray, Father, you got a, a burning in your heart for people. You love us with an everlasting love. And you've given us the ability to love you back. And we want to love you with everything, spirit, soul, mind, and body. We want to honor you in every area of our life. So we just commit this time to you and pray, Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. So I want to talk to you about vision and what it means to have vision in every area of your life. You know, 2020, we started off the year, 2020 vision. Everybody was, woo, we were running wide open. And then had a wrench thrown in the system. But you know what? We still got to have 2020 vision, even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of tribulations, because God has a plan. He, he's able to do above and beyond what we can think or even imagine. So I looked up 20, the number 20, and believe it or not, it says it's twice 10 and can at times mean a complete or perfect waiting period. Anybody been waiting on something? 20 plus 20 is 40. And we know all through scriptures the amount of times that the number 40 is mentioned over and over. And, it, and it's a period of testing or trial. And I believe that God is revealing some things about the church in this time revealing some things about me, that there's some immature places in me. There's some immature places in the church. But God is building again. And like Daryl mentioned, something that I've noticed is prayer. I believe there's a returning to prayer again. I believe there's a movement that God is, is sweeping across the nation and people are beginning to seek his face again. People are beginning to call upon the name of the Lord again. And in this city right here, pastors that have not gathered together in years are starting to gather together. Businessmen and women are gathering not only here, but all over the high country. They're seeking the Lord. And, 
And students, you, you know what? I believe one of the reasons you're still here, you're not, you didn't have to go home, is because the saints, the body of Christ here in Boone have been praying and praying and praying for this school semester. That God will keep you here because God, believe it or not, you came here for an education, but God brought you here to touch your heart. God brought you here to touch your life and to change you forever. Let's go to, uh, this morning, I don't have any slides. I'd really like us to open an actual Bible or open your Bible app. So if you can, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 16. I love this section. I love how Jesus created everything for himself. It says, for by him all things were created both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Just think about that. We were actually created by Jesus for Jesus. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's got it. He's got this. He's holding it all together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. That's the vision that Jesus will be first physically, spirit, soul, mind, and body. He's going to be first in everything. And we're going to give him access. We're going to give him authority. Lord, you can have it. I want you to be first place in my thought life. I want you to be first place in my marriage. I want you to be first place in my family. I want you to be first place at my job. Like he's, you remember last week, in him, it's in him that we live and we move and we have our being. Everything we do, it's about him and for him and for his glory. Something that I'm learning in this season is I really need to be intentional. I need to live intentional. Like I wake up with purpose. I go to bed thinking with purpose. And I gave you a few assignments last week in the physical. I ask you to put away your phone. The average person spending two and a half hours a day searching the internet or social media. And I ask you, cut down the FaceTime. I ask you to get more sleep and I ask you, I gave you, before you go to bed, to pick up the Bible, pick up the Word, and actually read it before you go to bed. Go to bed meditating on the Word, and then wake up with a new thought. Praise God. Wake up thanking God for another day. And then I ask you to drink more water. Remember, more water, less sugar. Anybody been drinking any more water? Anybody bring their water bottle with you? Hey, out of sight, out of mind. You got to have it with you. Oh, I see it. Bonus. Bonus over here. So it's important that we're following through. See, we're in an information age, but what are you doing with the information? And then exercise. I believe everybody in the room almost took the exercise part to the, t to the top. 
Monday night, the life group, <laughs> there were so many people at Functional Fitness Monday night. It was unbelievable. It doubled in size, and it was already big. Wednesday night at the men's functional fitness, there were 28 men working out. And then Thursday night, the women's group, there were 25, 24, 24 women that came to work out. That's incredible. So we're getting the physical part. But now it's time to get it all, put it all together in him and for him. I was watching uh, and studying some things on discipleship. And I want you to, if you can take this down. This was a guy from Bethel. He said this, and I, and I love what he said. He said, you cannot be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, a learner of Jesus on accident. If you are not intentionally being discipled by Jesus, you will unintentionally be discipled by the world. We've got to start living with intentionality about how we're doing life. I want to read that one more time, okay? You cannot be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, a learner of Jesus on accident. If you are not intentionally being discipled by Jesus, you will unintentionally be discipled by the world. I believe the Lord in this season wants us to get a vision for what, it's, what it really looks like to follow Jesus. Every step. To follow in his ways. To talk like Jesus. To walk like Jesus. To pray like Jesus. To love like Jesus. To give like Jesus. And he's calling us up and giving us a new vision today for those things. I think every thought or every habit begins with a thought. Daryl did a great uh, job talking about taking thoughts captive, like thoughts that come into our mind that during the day, and we have to literally take the thought captive and then get it out of there. And uh, I was thinking about thoughts and actions, and I think probably most people have heard this saying. I don't know exactly where it came from, but it says, so a thought reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. So, so often it begins with a thought, but then we have to do something with the thought. And if the thought that you have, like, I want to get in shape, if it's not followed by a discipline, then it's not going to happen. It'll just be a thought. You'll continue to just talk about it. A, a friend of mine at the gym really gave me a punch, not a, a literal punch, but he, he got me. I said, his name's Wynn. He's actually a pastor up here in the high country, but he's in incredible shape, and he, he's in the, the, I think, top 80 in CrossFit as a 50-year-old. And... Um, I said, hey, man, I really want to get this CrossFit thing down. I want to get all the movements. I go to CrossFit, but I don't consider myself a CrossFitter yet. And he looked at me and he said, hey, Courage, you've been telling me that for a while. Why don't you do something about it? So, you know what I got to do? I got to do something about it. Or I'm just hot air. 
just talking about getting in shape or learning how to do things. So I believe it's, today is a day to get vision and then get discipline to follow through. Let's go to Philippians 4. This is something that we read a lot. Uh, four, chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. It's our thought life. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Here's the key right here, verse 9. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Practice makes perfect. That's what they always used to say. What are you practicing in your thought life? What are you allowing to, to just, what are the reruns going on in your mind daily? Are they thoughts that are true? Are they thoughts that are noble? What are the thoughts that come to you every day about yourself? Are they from God? Are they from the world? Are they from the enemy? Do you really think if our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, do you think a thought to get in shape, where do you think that came from? God. If you hear a thought, hey, you need to get in shape or it would be great for you to get in shape. Don't you think if God created you, he wants you to be your well-being, you to be well? Spirit, soul, mind, body. I don't think the devil's gonna tell you to get in shape. But I believe the Lord is. I believe the Lord wants you to use fitness to glorify God, not yourself. That's what I mean by that. I believe the Lord has things. Look at your hand. It's mobile. God created us to go and do. He's created great things for us to do, so we're a mobile people. If you're on the couch every day and you're not getting up doing something, you're missing the mark. We've got to have vision. If you want to get in shape, you know what? It starts with a thought. On your way home from work, here's what you've got to do. When I get home, I'm going to get my tennis shoes on and I'm going. I'm going for a run, I'm going for a walk, I'm going to the gym, I'm doing whatever. But it, it has to start with vision. I'm gonna go home and I'm going to do this. Lay your tennis shoes out when you get there or take your clothes to work out with you to work so that you can go straight to the gym. You don't even have time to go home and sit down and think about, oh, I'm just too tired. No, you gotta go and get it done. I wanna talk to you about vision a little bit. Let's go to Proverbs 29, 18. We've talked about this a few times, but since we're talking about fitness, I want to bring it up again. It says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. Here's the NLT. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. ESV, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint or the people are discouraged, but blessed is he who keeps the law. See, if I have a desire, if I have a vision, let's say I have a vision, we've used this before, to run a marathon. That vision to run that marathon is going to keep me restrained in my eating, 
I'm not going to go off the wagon. I'm not going to eat a bunch of Twinkies and Krispy Kremes. I'm, I'm going to stay focused because what I put into my body is going to affect how I run. So when I have a vision to do something, maybe it's an Ironman, maybe it's a triathlon, maybe it's something that you want to do, but that vision to do that, do you have a vision for your marriage? You know, Chase and Samara were here in the first service, and I asked Chase, do you have a vision for your marriage? See, it starts now. Even if you've been married 20 or 30 years, vision for our marriage, how we're gonna do life together, how we're, how we're going to do things. But it starts with the vision and then the discipline in the vision will keep you on task, will keep you moving forward. I said last week, decisions determine your destiny. Not only will a decision today affect tomorrow, but it could affect your children and their children and their children. When you sow good seed, you reap good things. And not only you're sowing today, but like I said, what you sow today will affect your family years to come. I believe this is a season for us to grow. And I, I believe God has a vision for marriage. And what I've been noticing as I've been studying some is God a lot of times ask us to leave one thing so that we can cling or go or move over here to the better thing. And I believe that God's vision, he said it in the Old Testament, he said it in the New Testament. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So there's a leaving of something great, which is family, but there's a leaving for something even greater, and that's marriage, where two people get to live as one. There's such a covenant between a man and a woman that God makes. If you're in this room and you're a young person, I've got a, I believe I've got a word that's a, a word from God for you. And I want you to put it in your phone or write it in your Bible, but it's 2 Timothy 2.22. Do you have a vision for purity? That's something that we're contending for is purity in the world. 2 Timothy 2.20 says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. See, there's a fleeing, there's a fleeing away from lust. There's a fleeing away from pornography. There's a fleeing away from masturbation. There's a fleeing away from adultery and fornication. And as I flee from that, then I start pursuing something new. I start pursuing righteousness, his righteousness. I become in a right place with God. And I pursue faith and I pursue love. And out of that comes peace. But the second part of the verse, young people, is the, the most important part of it. It says, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Not only did I leave that, but now I'm joining some other people that are in the same pursuit as me. And we're going after God together. We're going after things that matter in life. We're going after purity 
Maybe you're sitting in this room and you're like, Courage, I just blew it last night. I just was in a sexual situation last night. But you know what? You can start today with a new vision, with a new thought. Because God loves us and he wants to call us in to his righteousness. And we're made righteous because of what Jesus did for us. We're we're like, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus now. God, when when I become a believer in Jesus, he doesn't see me as a sinner anymore. He sees me righteous, just like Jesus. So I wanna encourage all the young people that it's time to begin to pursue things that God put in your heart to pursue. You wanna walk down that, that, that aisle and wear a white dress, but like I said, if you've blown it, now's the time to change. Now's the time to get a new vision for life. What about physical health? Why don't we leave junk food, processed food, and begin to eat whole again? Fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains. Why don't we leave the couch potato and and come over here and get in physical exercise? See, it's a thought, but then the discipline steps in. And then we begin to change our habits. And then when we change our habits, it creates a pattern in life where we feel better. See, the spirit, the soul, the mind, and the body all are connected in some way. When I make a change in one of those areas, it it affects other changes. It has other effects. I went upstairs to Noble's class. Noble was doing a a teaching on, on physical health, and he did an amazing job. I was up there. He, from his studies, he said this. If you do something for five years physically, you'll probably do it the rest of your life. If you create a, a, a pathway, like Daryl talks about sometimes, a pathway of, of thinking, and then when you get in that process, you will probably do that most likely for, for the rest of your life if you do it for five years. In my early 20s, I decided to, to get into bodybuilding, and in five years, I started at 135, and in five years, I weighed 185 pounds. I was a lot bigger than I am now. I did not take steroids. I did, t- I did ask God. I said, God, I want to be just as strong as the guys on steroids, and I want to be just as big. And God honored me by doing it God's way. And the reason I brought that up is because maybe you're in this room, and you're thinking, man, I don't even know where to start. Just put your tennis shoes on and head to functional fitness or head Saturday morning to the running group or just you and your wife or you and your friend go for a walk. Just begin somewhere getting out and doing something physically. I brought this story up once before and I'm gonna highlight it again. I'm not gonna tell the full story about vision because I believe God is calling the church, the body of Christ into new vision. He's calling us up. He wants to give us an upgrade in the way we're seeing things. My grandfather loved to go hunting and fishing. So I spent a lot of time as a kid with my grandfather. And he wanted to take me down to South Carolina where there's 
like lots of land everywhere and ponds and things to go fishing. And so he took me uh, to this pond. He said, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, there is a lot of fish in this pond. It was, it was several acres. It was huge. But he said, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. There's a lot of alligators in this pond as well. So we put in the canoe. The canoe wasn't that big at all. We're, I'm in the back. He's, he loved to fly fish, so he's fly fishing. And no joke, we're, we're paddling. And a, about a 12 or 14-foot alligator went right swimming right by us. So my vision went from fishing to alligators. But, but his vision was fishing. He said, I don't even look at those alligators. I'm out here to fish. My eyes, my vision is on catching fish. And he said this to me. My grandfather fought in two wars. He said, you know what? He said, I faced death over and over and over again in World War II. I'm not scared of alligators. See, God's called the church. You remember this year, 2020, was supposed to be the year of the million soul harvest. We've got our eyes off of the harvest. We've got our eyes off the fish. And we've put our eyes on the alligators, the mask, the COVID. Where's our vision? Where's the vision for the kingdom? The kingdom of God is among us. The kingdom of God is in us. And I believe this morning the Lord is calling us up into a new vision. Do you have a vision for your marriage? Do you have a vision for physical fitness? Do you have a, a vision to meet with God, to draw close to God, to grow in God, to grow in the Holy Spirit? Do you have a vision for that? He created us with vision. And he wants us to move into vision. But he also wants us to start with a desire and then a discipline. And then from the discipline, we move into a delight. It's a process. It's a process of being called up higher. It's a process of knowing God more through the process. I want you to go with me to Psalm 37. Something that God honors in the kingdom is faithfulness. God is really into small things done well so that he can trust us with more and more things. In Psalm 37, verse four, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. This is a season for us to cultivate faithfulness. Men, I'm calling you 6.15 Tuesday morning, come and pray with us. Women, Wednesday morning, 7 a.m., come and pray with Sandy and Kim. They're here every Wednesday morning. I'm inviting you to join a life group so that you can grow in community. Whether it's working out or, or just Bible study or fellowship, but the Lord is calling us. Do you have a vision for going to life group? If you're a life group leader, do you have a vision for your life group? 
God, what do you want to do in our life group this year? What do you want to do this week in our life group? So I'm asking you, he's, the Lord's asking us to trust in him, to delight ourselves in him, and cultivate faithfulness. Maybe the Lord's been asking you to get up early in the morning. Cultivate faithfulness. Maybe the Lord's asking you to pray with your wife before you go to bed at night. Cultivate faithfulness. Maybe the Lord's asking you to, in your dorm to go and pray with someone, talk with someone about him. Be faithful in it. These are God thoughts. These are God dreams that he has for us. Remember, we're created in Christ Jesus to do good things that God prepared for us in advance. God says you're a masterpiece. God created you uniquely and you're a masterpiece created for good works. The Holy Spirit every day has, is opening up. It's like a banqueting table. Come. Come, I've got so many things for you to do today. But if you don't have the vision, we're missing it. You've got to wake up in the morning with vision. Hey, I'm going to work today and I'm going to make a difference. God told me that I'm light, that I'm salt, and I'm going to my workplace or I'm going to my class today and I'm going to be salt and I'm going to be light. I want to leave you with a thought about a man named Caleb. Go to Joshua 14. Just a quick backdrop. Moses sent 12 spies into the promised land and Joshua and Caleb were the only two that came back with a good report. They said, we can take this land. God will give it to us. But 10 other guys were full of fear. They said, we're like grasshoppers. There's no way we can take this land. In Joshua 14, in verse 6, Caleb began to speak. He said, you know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me, talking about Joseph and Kadesh, Bernia. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh, Bernia, to spy out the land. And I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. But I, I followed the Lord, my God, fully. It said Caleb had a wholeheartedness about him. He had a different spirit about Caleb. There was something different about his life. And as I was studying this, I looked down in verse 10, and something really empowered me when I read this. In verse 10 of Joshua 14, but now behold, the Lord has let me live. Just as he spoke these 45 years, from the time the Lord spoke this word to Moses, when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am 85 years old today, and I am still as strong as I was in the day of Moses. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me the hill country about which the Lord spoke on the day 
How in the world was an 85-year-old man just as strong at 85 as he was in his 40s? It was vision. He went to the promised land and tasted. He went to the promised land and the Lord said, you will inherit this land. Do you know that out of that, for, for 40 years they wandered around in the wilderness because of the 10 unbelievers. The rest of the people were unbelieving. But Moses told Joshua, he gave Joshua and Caleb this promise. The Lord gave it to them. And they entered into the promised land. Joshua and Caleb and all the people around 20 years old or younger entered into the promised land. But see, Moses, but, but see, uh, Caleb had a vision. And what I'm asking you to do is would you stand up with me? I believe God is wanting you to to get a vision today, whether you're old or young. Maybe you're sitting here saying, the enemy's been lying to you saying, you're too old, you're washed up, you can't do this, you can't take the land. But that's a lie. Maybe you're in the room and you're hearing the voice, you're too young to do anything about it. That's another lie. Can I just tell you this morning that God has a promise God wants to restore your vision to what matters, purpose. So would you just close your eyes with me and open up your hands? I think all of us would love to be able to echo the words of Caleb at, at the age of 85. I'm just as strong today as I was then. So Father, no matter how old we are in this room, would you renew vision again? Would you renew vision for family? Would you, would you renew vision for your kingdom again? Would you renew vision for marriage, for purity, for life, for the abundant life that you died to give us, that we would have vision for abundant life? So Holy Spirit, this day will you come and empower your people to dream again? Empower us with vision to run the race that you've marked out for each one of us to run. And that we would run it like Caleb, wholeheartedly and of a different spirit. Maybe you're in this room this morning and you've been putting off, you've been procrastinating. You know the Lord put a thought in your head, in your heart to come to Jesus, to live for God. Maybe God's put a, a desire, a a, a thought in you to live for God. I'm just going to ask, is there anyone in this room that you just know that God's calling you into relationship with him? I want you to just raise your hand. I'm not going to like embarrass you. Or I'm not going to do anything. Awesome. God sees those hands. God, you're doing a work in our day. Why don't you just ask the Holy Spirit, do a work in me. Start in me, Holy Spirit. Start in me. Do a work in me. And then, Lord, help me change the culture of this land. Help me be a healer of the land. Help me be one that brings a word of encouragement. Help me be a one that brings life. So, Holy Spirit, will you lead us out of here this week with a new vision? 
And Father, I'm praying for discipline. Ask the Lord to give you discipline to accomplish the things that he's put in your heart to do. Give us discipline, Lord. And then you told us, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So Lord, we commit these things to you today and I pray for everyone in the room a blessing. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Go with God. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboone.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.